You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom, this is some of my best friends, are Kabbalists, and this week we do have Baruch Hashem of Nosanotoglik from Ashkelon. And as I said last week, he does have his head back. Uh, and we, of course, all of Klaus Yisrael, um, understand that it's very difficult to live with the threat of bombs and, and, and everything that goes along with it, the tension and the anxiety and lack of sleep. Yeah. And uh, two close quarters. But uh, I'm happy that you're back here. And I know that this is a very special time for you because um, this is the yurt site, I believe, tomorrow of your mother, Allah Shalom. How many, and this is, which yurt site is it? Let me explain it to me. Which yurt site is this? Mm, I believe it's number three. Uh-huh. Maybe number four. I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm terrible with time and numbers, and I can, can generally I not count. I understand. <laughs> I understand. But I know that you would like, and I, and again, as much as we try to insert some sort of levity in the uh, discussion that we have here, um, I understand that. But I think your mom would really appreciate the fact that um, you can reconnect with your old friends and yeah. learn in her oh. in her memory. And um, yeah, my my mom loved all of us. I mean, I mean, all of us. Yeshiva Bachram, you know, she was, uh, and uh, she had a soft spot for you, you know, making yeah. all those cookies and bring and bringing them to the base medrash on Thursday night. And yeah. my mother also had a had a delightful sense of humor. So um, she was not, if you know, if her own statements are anything to be reckoned with, she was not unhappy about the prospect of departing planet earth. She, after my father died, you know, she said to us, basically, I'm hanging around here for you guys. Okay. And um, I'm ready to go. And I, you know, and I can understand that because she was, she was basically, um, she had Alzheimer's and it took her, she had a nice long, gentle slope on on the way out right i think it took about 15 years um, until until she was you know physically ready to go you know and, I, um, there's an idea that suggested itself to me based on the words of the way the nativ uh analyzes the difference between the way yehuda describes yaakov's plight and the way yaakov himself describes it Yaakov describes his plight of pain with Benjamin possibly taken away from him as bera'a, hurt. And Yehuda describes it using the word yogoin. And Mm -hmm. I, again, suggested to me by the Nitziv, although he doesn't say this, but I think what I'm saying is very true. Uh, A parent talks about ra. He talks about he or she speaks about the pain and the hurt that they are feeling. But anguish is something which which a child sees with the parent, what's going on with the parent. And I think that when you speak about something like Alzheimer's, I think that there it, it, it creates yogon for the family, but not necessarily for the person who has it. 
it's raw because they would like to be themselves. I didn't see the film, but I know it won the Oscar this year. Uh, Anthony Hopkins plays uh, an Alzheimer's patient, and they say he does an incredible, incredible job. And it, it interests me uh, to see that portrayal. Although, and, and I think that that is something which, which speaks very much, especially to today, um, when we deal with so many people who are in the uh, elder population to recognize that it is very difficult, but the anguish is felt mostly by the children. And I can appreciate the yoga that you must have had uh, watching this and coming to terms with it. And, and um, you know, you, you're lucky that your mom put you at peace by telling you what was, she was going through. And I'm sure that helped you be able to accept something as difficult and final as this. So it should be, uh, you know, we, we mocked this discussion and hopefully the Lima there and hopefully the millions of downloads that this uh, discussion has should be exclusive. Lisa Nishoma, why don't we just say her name? Uh, oh, her name is um, Rus Bas Avram Ephraim, or okay. also known as Ruth Gluck. Yes. Uh, from Miami Beach, Florida. Okay, so you should... and those associated with the yeshiva community over there, Rabbi's wife's uh, yeshiva, um, know her. Yes, definitely. Knew of her. Yes, definitely. And of course, that's where um, I got to know her, of course, through you and through uh, her involvement in the yeshiva. Another thing that you introduced me to, besides the fact that it was your, uh, you know, your mom and your wonderful family, um, you introduced me to uh, a uh, an author who I became very enamored with. And of course, you, you you actually became, I would say, a Talmud of, and that is the Kamarna Rebbe, Rabbi Yitzchak Isaac, Yehuda Yechiel, <laughs> Safran. Michoel. Oh, Michoel was also in there too? I didn't realize. I yeah, was... I, don't, I think sometimes sometimes he added it, sometimes he detracted it, I think. But... Uh-huh. And of course, he was the, the Kamarna Rebbe, who was, I think, uh, uh, was he a nephew of the Zidichaiver? He was the Zidichaiver's nephew. He was nephew. a nephew, yes. He was, he was the son of the brother of the Zidichaiver. Yeah, this is Trevor's nephew. And uh, uh, we'll just put things here on the table since this is some of our best friends are Kabbalists. In, you know, many people speak about the difference between Hasidus and Kabbalah and the emphasis Hasidus has, even Chabad on Mibsarai uh, Techze, uh, that it's in a way more psychological and more involved in Avoda, use, making use of Kabbalistic terminology. Uh, and Kabbalistic ideas to infuse and deepen and in a way create perhaps something new, if you want to say that's what Chassidah Shatayra is. But uh, the Zidichayver felt that from his perch as a great Chassidah Shatayra, what he wanted was a return. And of course, he makes a very passionate case for this in the Sefer Sumera Basei Toiv for a return to uh, deep involvement in Lurianic texts and Kabbalistic texts, Zohar, and especially the way it's developed uh, through Lurianic Kabbalah. And uh, he, it was a voice that in some ways was not heeded. People understood it. There were branches of Chassidus, like the Spinker Chassidus, which is also uh, Salonim, uh, very heavy into Kabbalah, into true and pure Kabbalah. But I think his nephew, the Zidichayver really ran with the ball and really developed a, uh, a, a Chassidusha uh, approach to Kabbalah that was very true to the principles of, of the Ari and really it, it can be added 
to that literature in a real way, if we, whether we talk about, and I think his son as well was involved, right? I think Kamarna Rebbe's son was also, right? He also- uh, Rabbi Eliezer, too. Rabbi Eliezer. Wrote, a, wrote a commentary to the Zoyer. All right, right. And, and by the way, when, and, and Rabbi Eliezer Tzvi said about his commentary that now that I wrote it, any six-year-old child can learn Zoyer. And that, he wasn't I, I, being accurate, by the way. That was an exaggeration. I want you to know. <laughs> but that's the safer okay. da, that's the safer uh, domestic Eliezer, right? I think it's called that's domestic Eliezer. Domestic Eliezer. And then there's also Zoyer Chai, which I think Zoyer Chai is the Zoyer Commander Reb himself, right? That's the yeah. Commander Reb himself. That's the last thing that he wrote. Right. That's the last thing that he wrote. Right. Now you introduced me. Because, and, 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 and I think I've mentioned this on these podcasts, if anybody, you know, hopefully in Mars, they're, they're picking it up somewhere, you know, years from now, whenever it is, or some other galaxy or other planet. But I think I mentioned on a, a different podcast that you said to me, you know, I saw you had this beautiful set of emotion because we were roommates, and this beautiful the, you and me and, and Baruch Nakowitz. <laughs> Um, the amount of spiritual energy there, I think, that could probably fuel a lot of uh, small cities. But anyway, uh, you and me and, and, and Baruch Nakowitz. But I remember you had a set of Hamashim that to me were like, wow, these are so beautiful. And it was the Hechla Bracha Chumash. And you said to me, well, I only have this because I like Rabbi David Pardo's parish on Rashi. And that's the reason I bought the rest of this stuff. And um, yeah. And, and and I I did appreciate the Moscow with David, and again I I I think Rav David Pardo is is was probably one of the most important utilitarian writers uh, in, in, that we've had. He he uh, he wrote on Rashi, he wrote on the Mishnayos, he wrote on Tesefta, he wrote on the on on Sifrei. and but really the the gem that this was hiding was the Kamarna Rebbe uh, Parish on Chumash, which was is still every time i look at it is mind-blowing it really is it's like a safer that you can go back to go ahead here's the story with that just for um when you know when i was in that age and i was i was trying to find my way around so basically i would if i it was one safer that i was learning that was quoting another safer and the quote looked like it was interesting. Okay, so then I would try to get a hold of that additional safer. And, you know, so that was just, the, it was really the only way that I had of like expanding my knowledge of what the library was, because there, you know, there wasn't any internet back in those days. Um, so basically, I, I learned who was out there by following these, um, you know, these leads. So it is, it is true that, that I was looking for a beloved pardo. But I had also come across the name Kamarna here and there, and it was it was it was kind of curious, you know, because there was this was some stuff that was definitely off the beaten track. Um, and the only place that you could get back back in those days, David Pardo on, on Rashi, was to buy the Kamarna Chumash. And I, I walked into a place in 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 Williamsburg, and there was this huge set of Chumashim sitting over there, and they're physically pretty extraordinarily beautiful. The print on the inside was beautiful. And I, you know, I wanted, I wanted the parish on Rashi. I, mean, I, I, I took a look at, I took a look at the stuff on, on the outside. I said, listen, you know, there was no way that I was going to understand this even remotely now. So I figured, okay, you know what? I'll get it. It's beautiful one way or the other. And, you know, with time, who knows 
It might actually, actually you know, you know I, I, it might I, actually. Well, uh, let me just inter- let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you for one second. As a bibliophile, I have I, I have a set of Kamarnakal mushrooms which I bought also uh, as a byproduct of our relationship, I guess, in the late seventies, and um, I discovered in old bookstores the original uh, print, and that of course has a I think it's called a has a special page, a dust page. You know what I'm saying? It, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah. it, ha- it has the, the there's a has a dust page on the front. On the front, and um, it, it really is magnificent. The, the one I bought doesn't have that. It's more of a. It's still a nice version, but they really the the the, the Kamar Nechsidim really, you know, they they invested a lot. They invested. In, they splurged. They put yes. out a really really high quality safer like no one ever you know. That's like right. No it's, one it was, ever did. Yeah. Again, it's almost like you know a super version of Masifta, whatever it is that that today comes out, and a person is knocks your socks off. They the, and, and this really is very quite interesting because on one hand the Kamarna Rebbe it, it does not integrate easily with other Chassidish strands at all. It, it's 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 very much if you are not on the Kabbalah train, if you are not ready to really invest and like you say do some more research and really absorb. You're not going to be able to say, "Oh, here's my Chassidish Sfarim list, and here's the Kamarna along with it." The Kamarna, yeah, Rebbe, it's, it's incomprehensible. Right? He is, really. and he is together again. Really, I know his 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 uncle. He was a really a fulfillment of what his uncle was trying to do. I think even I'll go even further than that. I mean, I've seen the Imre Yosef's and 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 the pieces from the um, the the Salonimer, uh, the base of Rome. Uh, which are also very heavily influenced by Kabbalistic terminology. And even if some places, even in, in Kutei Torah and places in Chabad, but those eventually get back to uh, what we would call a standard Hasidic mentality. And, and the Kamarna does not do that. The Kamarna really takes, he really is on that voyage. And, and and I'm wondering, you know, you told me, so that is part of the reason I think, Nelson, that you, that was one of your entranceways into, uh, into Kabbalistic thought. The Kamarna Rebbe was, I guess, he took you down the river Styx, I guess. He's the one who, he's the one who, 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 who sort of. I'll tell you, you know, that, that, those books sat on my shelf, basically, I would tell myself, when I can understand that, I know that I have arrived. And every once in a while, I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't study it with any regularity because I didn't understand what I was reading, so I, I didn't think there was much point to it. But um, I would pull a, pull out of the shelf Parashashavu every once in a while, and I would go over a few lines, and, you know, and and see what I could grasp. And there was one particular thing that absolutely made me into a Kamar Nechosid. If I, I, I don't know if I am worthy of you know, giving myself that, uh, that appellation. But uh, what did it for me was one place where he was talking about three Bechinas, which is Hachno'o, Havdola, and Hamtokba. They're pretty well recognized nowadays because a lot of other people have, have used them. And it's supposed to be like, you know, three stages in your, in your spiritual development, according to the Baal Shem Tov, which correspond um, in, in, Rabbi Isaacle's interpretation to um, to Ibur Yenika Moichin of the of the Ariya Kodesh and 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 Elamis Neshamis Alikus of of certain other 
older older Makubalim, not of the Ari um, camp. And so he tried to bring all these terms together. Okay, not meaning very much to me at the time, but one thing that he did say about, about Hachno'o was to be on a madrega, that there's no difference between the worm crawling on the floor and me. He worships HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and so do I, and he probably does a better job worshiping Hashem according to what he needs to do than I am. And, and that, that hit me because, well, first of all, you had, I mean, there was something about the, the Kamarna Rebbe's heart and his ability to, to experience things very deeply. And I, I, I felt that. I felt that reading that one line. And also I was in one of my depressive episodes and I really felt like maybe I was even lower than the worm crawling on the, crawling on the ground, you know? And I don't know if, you know, you have this impression of our, our days in yeshiva, but it, it always seemed to me that, that the yeshiva world or the, or the people in yeshiva or the rebbe's in the yeshiva, most of the Bachram yeshiva were usually, usually concerned with, you know, kind of positioning themselves on some level of, 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 uh, of hashivus. You know, oh, I'm, a, I'm like the best bachor in the base medish, and you're not. And, and I have this chashivas because I can do this. You have this chashivas because you can do that. And we're, and we're the chashiva bachor, and we're not, the, we're not the bums down there, you know. And being kind of depressive in nature and re- feeling very uncertain myself most of the time, I had a tendency to feel like I was the biggest bum anywhere, you know, and basically useless and helpless and hopeless. And so that feeling like, yeah, you know, what I'm experiencing right now is part of a stage. I don't know what the heck is going on over here, but if the Kamaran Rebbe can say, you know what, it's a, it's an important thing to feel like you and the worm are brothers, you know, and that, that cut through a whole, that's like one of the things that really brought me into, into, um, into that world. And, um, made me a uh, yeah kind of made me a follower of Kamar Rebbe and, yeah. and later you know later on as I began to know more about his personal story um, you know this sense of sense of being worthless and feelings of nothingness and inadequacy they they plagued him for for a long time yeah I think and, you know um, I think he's a um, you know there's there's so many revealing statements despite all the you know the Kabbalistic terminology and I think this is why uh, he's somewhat of a favorite of uh, the the Olam of Mechkar um, and I, I'm blanking on who the one who discovered the Megillus uh, Satorim, which is his his mystical diary, the diary of his uh, of his life and the Yehudim that he took, Giluyim that he had, um, and it's really astounding, really astounding to read. It's a very short little volume, and um, you almost feel like you're 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 in an area you shouldn't be. Like it's like, oh, you're able to really see the the diary. Of a, uh, of, of a of a of a makubal, and not just a person yeah. who's a dabbler or a person who knows Kabbalah. You're not looking at Gershom Sholem's itinerary. Uh, you're looking at a person who is being masked, and he talks about the Yehudim that he has. He talks about the Giluyim uh, that are occurring, um, uh, and it's really, really, uh, it's it's incredible uh, in terms of. Yeah. But he also talks about. I felt that it spoke to me a lot. Um, he, he writes consistently about Redifus. He really felt that he was oh, yes. 
he, he, he felt that he was hated. He felt that he had enemies. He felt that, that there were people. And one of the things he said with that is that I, I, I repeat over to people often. He says, if the, if the Reutfim would know how big they're making their Nerdofim, they would stop doing it. <laughs> if they don't realize that, that even though they, they're, they, seem, they think they're making our lives hell, by hating us and speaking bad against us and trying to push us away, but we actually become bigger and stronger. And had they, had they known that, they would definitely stop doing it. And I think this was something that, uh, you know, again, I don't know enough about the Hasidic history to know who he was referring to specifically, but he, as you say, he, he felt that he was under attack. And what he was after was, was not necessarily something that the world was, was ready to accept. Um, so I, 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 I know that he, uh, has not only his, uh, his, 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 his Kabbalistic parish on Chumash, which really deals with all the mitzvahs of the Torah and, uh, and has different sections to it, of course. Um, Chaseris and Yaseris, by the way. Right. He so, has, he has uh, commentaries on why this word is written with an right. extra above or without an extra which, above. which is why, besides the Moscow David, there's also a beautiful Mesorah Hagdoila there in the parish of the Chumash. Mm-hmm. In other words, the many people don't even know what Mesorah is, and of course, this is the mad. This is the the Chachmeir Tisrael who who wrote little notes uh, showing you where the connection is between one word and mm-hmm. another word somewhere in the Torah, and he really goes to town on the Mesorah. Gedola and the Mesoraktana. Um, people make a lot. Everybody's very familiar with the the tours, uh, beautiful little pieces. And I say beautiful little as if I'm uh, dismissing them. But very many people are familiar with the tours work on the Mesora and what ideas you can get from it. But he takes it into a different stratosphere. Uh, the tour is uh, basing himself on his father's Rebbe, the Marami Rutenberg who worked mm-hmm. on the Masora in such a strong way and was able to find a, a path into a lot of interesting halachos. And, and that is really an area that, that I would love to explore at a different time. But the Kamarna Rebbe, as you say, works with Chaseris, Yaseris, Masora, Gdom, so there's, it, 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 it's almost like a, um, a, a, such a rich uh, amount of, 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 of an oeuvre of, of, of work that he put there which I think, maybe I'm incorrect here, it remains unmined by many. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. like, as, as, as beautiful, the Kedusha Slevi Baruch Hashem was Zoha to, to, to many retellings. Um, even uh, another one of your favorites, the Toldus, um, you know, it still probably has people that can appreciate it and, and can speak about it. I think there's still a lot of work, as you say, you know, you're, you are part of a... Uh, a Moisa that you called or Hahechal, right? That that was involved in promoting Kamarna uh, ideology, right? Kamarna ideas. Yeah, well, I mean, that was the idea. Yeah. Yeah. The or actually, I actually got, I actually got permission from one of the Kamarna Reiniklach to to do it. I had uh, there's a Kamarna Reinikel, um who used to live. He was of course Nifter um, some time ago, but he was in Bnei Brak, and. Um, Turned out he was the owner of the Kamarner Stiebel on on um, Rehov Malchi Israel in in Yerushalayim. Gula in Gula. It's a tiny it's a tiny little Stiebel. Most people don't even know what it is, but it's it's just stuck in there right between like you know next door to a pizza 
pizza shop and next door to his farm geschäft. And then it's a tiny little, you know, tiny little hole in the wall. And that was the, um, that was the official commander. Commander. Well, 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 the B'nai Brock one is not exactly a, uh, a beautiful building either. Uh, the one on Rehov Dvorah on Avia in B'nai no, it's a lot. It's a lot bigger. It's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot bigger than the one in Gula. But anyway, I'll call upon him. He would, this, this, Yisachar Dev Safran, who was who was very much of a car of me and 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 taught me some things and gave me gave me permission. I mostly to you know said don't be afraid, go do it, you know. And um, so he sold me my first set of or he sold me my only set of domestic Eliezer and um, parts of uh, parts of Zayar Chai also. Yes, he are was we there. frozen? No, I am just looking okay. up Rabbi Sachar Dave here because I see he died um, in 2007 and or 2006 actually. Gimel Kislev, Tovshin Samach Sain, and Bnei Brak. Splendid fellow, splendid yeah, man, and and he, he worked he worked for he worked as a school teacher for for many years. Hmm. Um, but anyway, um, so, since yeah i don't i don't know if we're ever going to get to the to the original uh plan for this no no this I, session, yeah, yeah, we're going to get we're going to there is something yeah, yeah, there's ahead. something that i that i do want to say since you mentioned and it's a this is a very big and interesting sugya is is was the balshemtov trying to do something that was new and not identical with uh with kabbalah or or was he simply a continuation of Kabbalah and how do you you know and what is what is the nature okay. of Hasidus because and there's there's a tendency to look at Hasidus as if it's some kind of um, a newfangled thing you know and my I have I have a position on this which I guess is kind of an outcome of of my uh, of my relationship with the Kamarner and that is that the Baal Shem Tov had no intentions of doing anything new you know Kabbalah was native to the area. It was native to the area not just because of well it was native to the area because of its proximity to the ottoman empire you know the ottoman the ottoman turks controlled the ukraine in that area up until um you know fairly fairly late in the in the game and um so you could imagine that that Yidden in that area, even though they were speaking Yiddish, but they were very influenced by Middle Eastern, uh, you know, ways of doing things and and and, and Kabbalah and whatnot. So Kabbalah was kind of Kabbalah was kind of native to the native to the area, and you didn't have to beat people over the head with it. You know, the only thing that you had to do was you had to explain it, and you know, because most people couldn't understand it, and even Talmidei Chachamim they were kind of stumped by what the, what. Does all this mean? Baal Shem Tov came along with a, with a certain sheet of how to explain the Zayar and how to explain Kisvehari, right? And and he's not even it, it really has a lot in common with Ramak and, and other and other sources that came before. So I don't think it's a new thing. But there's some there's some definitely there definitely some new twists in the way that the Baal Shem Tov presented things, and his his strong emphasis on the idea of emanationism and that the world is a phenomenon that is subject to interpretation and that you're you know, your Madre Geruchnis has to do with your interpretation of reality. So that when you're actually doing mitzvahs, you're trying to, you're trying to chaperone, you know, kind of new levels of consciousness that permit you to see the world differently. Right? And so the, so you have interplays between different, you know, uh, different levels of reality, which are also different perceptions of reality. And the Meichin that you get determine the world that you live in. 
Okay, so these are these are aspects of the Baal Shem Tov's interpretation, and and to some extent it psychologizes Kisvehari, but I don't I don't think it does anything, you know, it, it, I don't think it actually twists them or does anything that the Ari wouldn't have wouldn't have agreed with. Okay, so Hasid is is a is one way of understanding Kisvehari and the Baal Shem Tov meant to be Mahadesh nothing in that. Um, the one thing that did come out of it was because the Baal Shem Tov had a nice way of presenting deep things in a, in a simple manner. So he was able to present something to everybody. So he could turn this Kabbalah thing into a much wider social, um, social organism, if you will. Okay. So that instead of just being a couple of people in the cloys that, that, that learned this, there were certain elements of it that could be popularized. And you can have things like Titian, Titian and, you know, all sorts of experiences of that sort, which helped democratize the, the, uh, the Kabbalistical experience. Okay. And that's what, you know, so that's what the Baal Shem Tov did. Now, you know, this, this idea that the Baal Shem Tov was there to create some sort of revolution or some sort of anti-rabbinic revolution, you know, as if he's having a revolution against the, the, the lock-jawed, um, you know, overly ivory-towered rabbinic establishment. That's, I don't think that has any real legitimacy to it. Definitely um, not. A, and definitely that was the commander's position. I think that, you know, we, we, we fall under the sway of the historians and the historiographers and the writers um, so I, I don't think they are just speculating here. I think they did zero in on, you know, certain statements of the Baal Shem um, that whether they are accurate or authentic do seem to indicate that we, there was a kitrug on the generations because of too much pilpulim, that there was a certain amount of lack of Yiras Shamayim in the rabbinic world, um, especially Shivchei Abesht, I think, uh, indicates that. There are so many stories where the Baal Shem Tov makes fools out of the rabbinic world that tried to put him in a box and tried to, uh, you know, persecute him. Now, I'm not saying the Commander Rebbe would have, would have rejected those things, but I think it isn't just, it's not just uh, uh, Shlomo Dubna and uh, Gratz and others who see, see this as this, uh, you know, a, a revolutionary type of movement uh, or tzweifel. But you're correct. I think that the one of the great contributions in my mind, the, the commander Rebbe was um, reestablishing the Baal Shem Tov as a Kabbalist. I, and also, you'll be moichumi, somehow being a treasure trove of Baal Shem Torah that nobody ever heard about before. <laughs> you know, there is a beautiful yeah. little, there is a beautiful little sefer which I know you have, Baal Shem Tov Alatayra, which mm-hmm. 80% of the pieces are from Kamarna. 80% or 65, 70% of the pieces are Kamarna Shtiklach. And they showed up and nobody... Well, the, comment, the commentary section. Okay, because the, the, the quotes that the Sefer is built out of are quotes from basically Taldus Yaakov Yosef and other related... There are pieces there that from come from the Reb for and, and you take a look at the footnotes. It's all from the footnotes. Yeah, right, yeah the, foot, right. the explanation, the explanation of the Baal Shem Tov's story, the commentary in the footnotes is Kamarna. A lot of a lot of Kamarna and statements, right? Which which people and therefore there has been some skepticism um, whether you know 
this Messiah about the Baal Shem said this, this is a Yisrael that the Baal Shem have said. Um, I, again, I'm not going to be chayshish the Kamarna Rebbe for, for falsifying that, but it, it, it did create a new treasure trove of Baal Shem ideas that had not been there before. And, um, and, and I think those, many of the pieces um, help the Kamarna Rebbe create the Baal Shem Tov approach as an approach, as you say, that's very much in line with classical mystical or the mystical thought that was going on. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, though, that that, you know, Chabad Chassidus, uh, which places an incredible amount of energy in the backstory. I mean, I have I bought many years ago, I think a little bit later than my Kamarna Svarim. Uh, the the official Chabad version of the history of Chassidus, you know, they of all their rebbes, and they of course have these traditions which they feel are backed up by these um, spurious um, manuscripts that came out. You know what I'm talking about in the, you know what I'm talking about in the 20th century. These that they found in in Russia about the Balshemtev and all the Rav Odom Balshem and the, yeah. the 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 Chug of Mukubolim. So in other words, Chabad also admits that the Baal Shem Tov was part of a group of holy men, but that he pushed it into a whole different stratosphere of Chassidus beyond. And I think that's where the Kamarna differs with Chabad. Maybe again, I, I don't know if I'm yes, a, he does. Right. In other words, I, I, the, right, I right. agree, and and I want I'll tell you the truth from my point of view. The Kamarna, the Kamarna is right. Let me. I have a. I have an explanation as to how is it. Let's say that Chabad comes across Teresa Balshem is initiating a new movement, and by other Hasidios, especially the Hungarian Galician Hasidus, you never you never get a hint of that. I mean, you know, there's a Belzer Hasidim and there's Vishnitzer Hasidim, but nobody claims that Hasidus is a revolution. Adarabba, they're you know they're 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 super from and they're super connected to Minhagim and they're you know authenticity is very is very big by them. You know, furry hats notwithstanding, but even furry hats is 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 a minig that they that they received somehow. To make a long story short, you know, the 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 Balatanya was more north and more Russian. So he was closer, he was closer to Lita. And Lita was always part of Europe. Now remember the Ukraina was part of the Ottoman Empire for a long time. And that and that makes a difference. You know, so they have more of a kirva to Teresa to Teresa Ha'ari. They have a more of a kirva to to some kinds of some kinds of Mikubalim. They have a much more closer relationship to ecstatic experience in general. Litvaks are much more scientific and rationalistic and and uh, and intellectualized, okay, and they have a greater affinity, therefore, to to northern to northern Europe. And when somebody who learned by the Magadu Mezrich and moves back home enters into that cultural context, okay, he looks like he's trying to do something new, but that's just because he's geographically distance from the original location where, where all of this is going on okay so you can you know you can look like a revolutionary because of where you where you happen to be even though you're just completely continuing you know completely continuing what's been what's been going on and what for you is yiddishkeit 
And like you can you can see this happen even like like nowadays, you know, in Eretz Israel, where you have some somebody who comes from um, I don't know some Spartish person who comes from here, and he and he ends up in Bnei Brak in a in a Litvish yeshiva, and people are saying he's crazy and he's this and he's that, right? Why? It's because it's a kind of it's a kind of Yiddishkeit which is just not, you know, just not recognized. Okay, and and sometimes these machleksim are you know there's nothing revolutionary. This is this is how they used to do it in Morocco, and they've been doing it like this for 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 hundreds of years. You know, and you you transplant that to someplace else, and people people go mashiga. What is this? You know, they they don't recognize that that you know Yiddishkeit has always had a lot of the, much more diversity than anybody gives it credit for, and it's only in the recent history that we've been commingling the right, diverse well, elements which, and discovering each other again. In, in Eretz Yisrael, especially where you have we're rubbing shoulders with. Uh, civilizations almost i don't know if that's the right word yeah but civilizations would be fine yeah. civilizations that never really inv- invested with each other and now they're on the same street in benabrock so of course there's going to be um you know some wonder as to that's the way you read that's the way you think that's the way you daven but i think what you're saying here i just want to emphasize is quite uh, um interesting because we know that part of what chabad does is ascribe everything back to the Baal Shem and the Magid. Uh, yes, the Alter Rebbe is the great Yaakov. He's the great Teferis. He's the one that makes everything happen. But they do go back and try very hard to show that this comes from, uh, the, 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 that's why they put out the, the Tzavas Harivosh and others for him to show mm-hmm. that the principles of Chabad are really found behester in the what they say is the authentic statements of the Baal Shem. So they made sure with their Kahus publishing company to publish what they thought was the uh, the uh, the authentic definitive statements of Baal Shem Tov, which can now be expanded first the first stop by the Magid and then by the Alter Rebbe into what is the great flower of Chabad Chassidus, which really shows you is as they keep on saying, and it disgusts me sometimes when I hear them say that, that this is way beyond, <laughs> no, it's way beyond Tzoyed. It's way beyond, this is Reisha de la Yisyoda. This is something that, it's the greatest Chochmah that has ever been in this gala. That really, yeah. and, 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 and that really is, when, when you think about Chabad's arrogance and their inability to even listen to anyone who knocks on their door, you could be 75 years old and talk to a Chabad shliach who's 15, and he considers you a, a, a ignoramus, a, 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 a ridiculous slime being who doesn't understand anything. And part of that really comes from the, the, the glorified understanding that they have of what their chassidus is. Of their own Right, yeah, which means which means even if so, which means even if they would meet the Baba Sali, even if they would meet the Ravaba Chatzera himself, they would say, "Well, you know, he's he's a good he's a good starter on the path, but he also unfortunately does not have the real wisdom, and 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 therefore, you know, and, and this is and this to me makes Kamarna. Although again, I, I'm somewhat suspicious too about the interpretations they gave to the Balshem. But I, at least, I think it can be more inclusive than Chabad. They both definitely need a lot of mental gymnastics and understanding. 
And you really need to have patience and work hard to become a, a good Chabad Chassid or to the smaller number of, of Kamar Nechassidim. But I think Kamar Nechassidim, if, if, if you and your campaign would be successful, would be one that I think could be much more inclusive than what I think Chabad does. Well, obviously. I mean, aside from the fact that I'm a very inclusive person, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm the, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that was turned on to, uh, to the Kamar and Rebbe because, because he said it was okay to feel like the worm. It's actually a mitzvah to feel like a worm, you know, so that, that bought me because I spent so much time feeling like a worm and thinking I was, I was, you know, bad for that, you know, and, and yeah. instead, instead it turned out to be like, you know, the, the, the beetle that comes before the, you know, his alus and, and Ruch, uh, you know, so it was really, it was really good. I just, I just want to say one, one thing, you know, and you're familiar with this, the whole, the side of the, of the Balatania's Shita, right, is that there's a vast distinction between Beinoinim and Tzadikim, right? And that a Benoni can never be a tzaddik ever, ever, ever. So as long as you're a Benoni, you have to content yourself with struggling to keep the mitzvahs perfectly. And if you're and if you're a tzaddik, you have some sort of other different avoida, right? So when the Chabadnikim sing this, um, you know, Emosai Koasi Mara song that they have. You know, when the that the, when Baal Shem Tov was went up to Shemayim and he and he met the met Mashiach and he asks Mashiach when is uh, you know when are you coming? Emosai <laughs> Kosimar. Mashiach says, "Take it easy." Mashiach Mashiach says, I'm getting some sort of quote from some of some. <laughs> the rebbes are somehow the rebbes cannot take what I'm doing here, but go ahead. Yeah, but anyway. Um, yes, so we yeah, said, I wish you, I'm, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, send some protective energies over you, you know, right? And in schus of my mother, in schus of my mother, you should have a gigantic halo of protective energy, you should feel good, right? Um, so you were so saying when they so when they sing when they sing the song it's you know uh mosai kosima kesha yafutsu man is khutsa ayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayay
<laughs> by some sort of circuitous, circuitous route. But it's very, it's on the one, it's a very romantic story. It's still a very bizarre and very erotic story. Um, but anyway, those two stories are brought down in Degel Machna Ephraim. And you know what? You cannot doubt that those stories originate with the Baal Shem Tov And the first of the, 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 the second one is really, really hard to pin down, but it really has to do with some of the stuff that we're talking about, about Shekhinah and, uh, you know, about, about Malchus and about the, about the Korban Ha'aymer, you know, mentioned some things about that. But the first story is absolutely essential to understanding what the Baal Shem Tov's is, you know. And I have never encountered either of these two stories in any Chabad source. And in, and the Kamarna Rebbe comments to both of them extensively. I should just point out, so I, think, people, I should just point out again that the reason why what's printed in the Degel is so important because the Degel, of course, was a grandson of the Baal Shem Tov. Right, Baal Shem Tov's grandson by direct. Uh, right, so therefore, you know. we, in terms of provenance of what was the Baal Shem Tov's Torah, they, he would have had access to it more than anybody else. But you're correct. These are the famous, you know, and again, Shalom, you know, again, I, I'm mentioning Gershon Shalom, and others, yeah. have done some analysis on these stories about at least the, the one about the, the, the palace, about what that indicates in terms of what the, the, the what Hasidus is and what the, the, the world of the emanations and spheroids and what the purpose of real I guess not nothing of yeah. where Kabul is supposed to get you at the end, because it sometimes does take you down the rabbit hole, right? It sometimes does take you in a place where, where is God? I can't find him. Is, is he hidden somewhere? And, and I guess, so the story in a way, is it, is, is it a, it's an encouragement to delve into the depths of, of the Kabbalistic approach it's, a, it's, a, it's an it's an explanation that when you are let's say going from oilam to oilam you know, if you're moving from oilam asiya to oilam ayitsi or to uh, ultimately to oilam atzilos what you're really trying to do is you're trying to achieve a new and different and radically changed perception of reality reality i think is fundamentally one and when you have this oilam and that oilam and that oilam and that oilam it's not like they're really separate things they are various interpretations of the same of the same reality and therefore the change that a mitzvah is, is supposed to do to you is it's supposed to do something to transform your consciousness and if you think about it this licked the rhine in the ramban you remember that ramban that we we're talking about you know like why do you kiss them why you know why do you have a mezuzah on your door and that kind of that kind of stuff because the ramban is trying to push a a concept that the universe is nothing more than the relationship between between you and a kodesh baruch and that there is no nature, there is no, you know, there, there, there is no solidity to anything. Okay, there is no, there's, an, there is no objectively determined naturalistic universe that the Rambam uh, believed in so, so strongly. But you know, you see that. Okay, so that's where the whole kabbalistical journey, so to speak, is 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 leading because you need to receive the moichin into your mind and that helps you transform your perceptions of the world and that moves you out of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim all the way, all the way to Matataira. Okay, so I, you know, I think there's a very, very strong undercurrent that leads directly from the Ramban to the Baal Shem Tov in the, in the, in the form of that story. But anyway, just to, just to get to the point, you see, when the Balatanya talks about the in, unbridgeable gap between Tzadikim and Benanim. He's really trying to say that 
unless you are completely a tzaddik, unless you have no physical feelings at all, unless you're completely grossed out by food, sex, this world, you know, unless you think this whole world is like nothing to you, if you're not on that level, then you don't have any business doing Lurianic Kavanas. Because I mean, what do Makubalim do? They do Lurianic Kavanas. So, so and, and the Balatanya never recommended for any of us Hasid to do that kind of stuff. Adraba, he, you know, he wanted them to learn Chabad Torah and, and, uh, and he wanted them to have an understanding of what the meaning of mitzvahs are, but not to do those, you know, you would alaf hey dalad vav nun hey you would kind of kind of lurianic kavanas, unless you're a tzaddik. If you're a tzaddik, you can do it. So so the thing is that it's it's not it's not and, for and, no and reason that the that that the that the chabadnikim only sing part of Mashiach's message to the Baal Shem Tov. It's not just kishiyafutzu mayani sechachutza. It's kishiyafutzu mayani sechachutza v'yasu kol Yisrael yichudim k'maischa. All Jewish people should be doing kabbalistical meditation. All Jewish people should be doing yichudim. Okay, and by the way, part of the Kamar Rebbe, the Kamar Rebbe actually voices his opposition to this to this Chabad idea that that uh, that ordinary Jews shouldn't do Yehudim. Okay, so that's a shitase. Yes, yes, and I think that was the piece that I know you wanted to explore, <coughs> where the Kamar says he's letting me say the piece now. He's giving me a little bit of menuchas. Uh, he's letting me breathe here. Uh, he believed, and, and this was uh, after a very deep and complicated piece, the Commander Rebbe says, you will be able to understand it if God allows you to be Matari and Neshoma, which he does show as a possibility uh, for everyone. So in that way, I guess the Commander Rebbe is really a... Uh, a, a great hope for us, unlike the, the as you say, uh, if you're not born at Sadiq, you just have to be mistabic to it, Sadiq. And the Commander Rebbe really believed, as you say, that we can all really be on on that great Madrega. Um, so, Renosan, the insus of, 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 of Safran and the Shoshelis of, of Kamarna, which has played such a great role in your life, we should, uh, your, your mother, uh, Neshama should have an, an Aliyah Gedeva. <clears throat> she should be Masonic in that order, Hamakif, in, in, in that uh, is even beyond Gan Eden, in a way that only brings Shef and Brocha uh, to you and your Mishpacha, because you Amen. are definitely a product of, of, of her great lave <clears throat> and her great ability to, to synthesize and love. And I think that's really part of what uh, this this is really built on. So take care, my friends. We'll join you, Mirza Hashem, next week. Uh, with that's correct. Maybe with then more. we'll talk about dead people. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> okay, they're never dead to me. They're all. <laughs> I'm. We're more dead than they are. I think, if you really think about it, they, right? Yeah. As we say, Zoyar Chai, and uh, right. be well. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.